You are listening to Peak One Sports. This episode of the Sports Page on the Peak One Sports Network. I am Ashton Nix with Dan Boyer and Chris Robb Jr. What's going on, guys? Chris? Nothing bad, man. I miss you guys, man. I feel like I haven't seen you in like two months. Yeah, it's been kind of weird. It's uh, yeah. Dan did his show, then I did a show by myself, and it's the first time, uh, first show of the new year, and first show in a while. We've all been back together. Yeah, those holidays make it feel like we haven't seen each other since last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dan, you you know how how uh, doing a show you get your first dose of doing a show by yourself, and so I I didn't realize how dry I sounded when I said we weren't bringing you back on because the Cowboys had a winning streak and then they started losing until I watched it back and I sounded serious. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure that the joke came across as it uh, should have, but nah, man, seems pretty serious to me. They finally got that win. And I came back. I mean, yeah, we'll see it out now. They should win this week, and we'll get to that. Um, mm-hmm. So, Dan, you you are back from New Jersey. How did that whole thing go for you? Oh man, it was it was a rough trip. Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a long road trip to drive from Texas to Jersey and back. Um, but I'm glad it's over. I'm glad you know I got my family down here and everything. I'm you know excited to be able to spend more time with them and and everything so to be honest i'm just i'm just glad the whole thing's over uh road trip in a moving truck from jersey to texas i would not recommend it so just if you can avoid it please do just my advice yeah every time i've ever moved um we've only used movers this last time we moved in the house maybe seven years ago um i always say i'm never moving again uh, and I always do. And then I paid a thousand dollars for movers to move all my crap from uh, two towns over, maybe a 15 minute drive. And most of the stuff they just put in the garage. Cause we were like, we're, we don't want to keep paying and paying and paying. And it was still worth it to me to, uh, to spend that money. Cause it's, it's ridiculous to, to move all the heavy stuff in and out of places. And um, yeah, that, that is not I mean, fun. Yeah, if that would have been an option, but I, I think it was like at least $5,000 yeah. to, to move them from Jersey. Uh, yeah. Pay other people to do it. So it was definitely a, uh, I think I can do it for less <laughs> type situation. Yeah. But if he was yeah, living I, anywhere. I wouldn't recommend it. If he was living anywhere but Jersey, I might tell him just to stay. That might make more financial sense. I mean, maybe right. California. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad he's here. I'm, and, uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll get him involved here with a uh, peak one soon. Uh, we've kind of got something in the works to do, uh, like yes. the sport cards, uh, with him. So, uh, that's, uh, my uncle Pat that, uh, will get involved with that. So I've, I've got some plans. I've got some things working. I'm still kind of talking it over with you, Ashton, but, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm excited for, for some of the things we got coming in the future. So you got, you guys keep an eye out for that. Yeah, for sure. And Chris, how was your, uh, Christmas, new year? holiday whatever what whatever you all uh celebrated yeah so yeah it was good um it was a lot of move like not just necessarily moving like moving but um so i'm in chicago i flew to um dallas 
because that's where I'm from. And then we drove to Mississippi because that's where like all my family is and we had like a family gathering and things like that. So um, from here to Dallas and then the, that next morning we drove to Mississippi about six hours, uh, spent two days there, came back Christmas Eve and then I spent the last like five days in Dallas. I just uh, got back to Chicago um, well, New Year's Eve. So, you know, wow. kind of just moving around, very exhausting. Yeah, yeah, very exhausting. But it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's great seeing like my whole family and everything. So, um, you know, just kind of just ready to chill. I don't go uh, back in until Tuesday. So I'm just kind of just yeah. relaxing, watching on the game, just trying to, you know, just get my get my balances back and then, you know, getting back into the swing of things. But everything was great. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Glad uh, we're all back on this. And hopefully we, uh, for the foreseeable future, we're all on uh, this show um, every week as much as we can be. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the uh, Peak One Sports YouTube page. Comment and hit that notification button so you know whenever one of our new episodes drops and you can listen to this show as well as many others uh, on the Peak One Sports Network, however you listen to podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by Betalytics. Don't bet with your gut. Check out Betalytics and get help making your picks, uh, your picks using their AI algorithms. Use promo code PEAK1 for 25% off when you sign up today. Go to betalytics.com to start betting smarter. And that, of course, is down in the description uh, below. So we have a lot to, to unpack here from... The uh, last show you did, Dan, after uh, after the Buffalo loss. Yeah. And then I did the show after the Miami loss. And now they didn't play great. But a lot has changed since then from we're satisfied with the number five seed to if they don't end up with the number two seed, it seems like all hell is going to break loose. Um, but a lot to unpack, uh, unpack Cowboys, Lions, uh, Dan, let's start with you overall up until, you know, the, the controversial end that we'll talk about. What was your thoughts on that game? I mean, to be honest, it seemed like a pretty slow kind of uneventful game went into that halftime, uh, seven, three Cowboys leading and everything. Um, I feel like I felt the same way I was, uh, you know, the last time I was on and I was talking about it, like it's, it's frustrating to watch a top offense, just not perform yeah. at a top, you know, level. And it, it was getting kind of frustrating because I mean, I'm not trying to necessarily take too much away from the lions. They're having one of the greatest seasons they've had in the last 20, 30 years. Um, you know, and, and it's great to watch, but it just, it felt like the Cowboys should have, had a, a better offensive game going that that whole time the defense was doing their job they're stopping the lions offense they're getting off the field you know they're making i mean they were even able to stop the lions a few times on you know big third downs big fourth downs that um kept them from kicking field goals and everything too so i mean they were keeping them off the scoreboard and giving the the offense plenty of opportunities to go back out there and score just felt like uh they weren't quite getting it done, which is insane to look at too. Cause when you look at CD lamb's line, the uh, what was it? 13 receptions, 227 yards. You would think the Cowboys would score more than 20 points in a game. You know what I mean? Like 
like 224 yards just feels like a two touchdown kind of game. And they had two touchdowns like total the whole game, you know? So it's just one of those situations. It was kind of frustrating to see the, the Cowboys struggle as much as they were. And then, you know, for the lions to really just kind of turn it on there in that fourth quarter and make it such a competitive game. Personally, it wasn't even the controversial nature of the officiating at the end. I actually thought that the Cowboys uh, coaching staff made a huge mistake on that final drive. As far as clock management went, you got that second interception off of golf. There's two minutes, five seconds left. You obviously run the ball and you go into that two minute warning. They get the bad call on uh, of tripping on Hendershot. That was actually against Hendershot. It should have mm-hmm. been uh, against the lions and not the Cowboys. But even if they take that penalty and they start off, you know, inside that two minute drive with a first and 25 run the ball three times and you're able to burn Detroit's timeouts and give, and even if you give them the ball back and only kick your field goal, Detroit's only got 30 seconds left, I think based on Mm -hmm. like the, the math that I was doing for it. So you put Detroit in a situation where they're down by seven, they've only got 30 seconds left of game clock and no timeouts left to travel the whole field. I mean, that should have been the situation that they were in instead of, you know, a minute 41, any quarterback in the NFL worth his salt is going to be able to look at a a minute 41 left on the clock and know like he's got a shot, you know, like any, any NFL quarterback, I'm going to say that might as well be a two minute drill, a full two minute drill. And, and, and they had to work the field even with no timeouts and everything. That's plenty of time to run up and spike the ball get your guys some out routes some uh, you know, corner routes and get them out of bounds and whatever. And I mean, they did, and they made a great effort there at the end to try and get that two point conversion. Unfortunately, I think the play worked against them and that they were trying to confuse the Cowboys and instead they confused the referees and <clears throat> the whole confusion with, you know, who reported is eligible and everything. But like my opinion they should, the referees never should have been in that position because the Cowboys should have did a better job with clock management there at the very end. Yeah. And it shouldn't have yeah. been such a, a worrisome, you know, 90 seconds of the last, <clears throat> uh, in the last quarter, this game should have been much more in hand for the Cowboys at the end than it was. And it just feels like the coaching staff balked hard and really gave the lions an opportunity to try and steal it. Cowboys got real lucky with the officiating at the end. And I mean, you know, the Miami game, the officiating worked against us in the lions game, the officiating worked in our favor. And I mean, sometimes that's the nature of the beast. You know, I, I, yeah. I hate to be the guy that's like bad officiating is a part of the game and you try to take as much of it out as you can. But I mean, it, it's going to be a part of the game un- unless you're, letting robots control the whole thing and like laser lines and whatever, you know? So, I mean, it's just, I I think ultimately I'm glad the Cowboys came out with the win. It's even better, you know, considering the Eagles got the loss, but man, you just, you cannot let the officials beat you. You can't let penalties beat you. And it feels like that's a lot of like what the Cowboys struggles have been here recently. It's, it's been almost a little bit, out of their control with the officiating mm-hmm. and in their control with the penalties. And I mean, obviously you can only take care of whatever you can take care of, but lucky, lucky break for the Cowboys. 
can't believe the Eagles ended up losing. We're in this prime position now. Should totally get this win coming up. Yeah. Snatch up the the or clinch the division and and everything. But man, what what a crazy couple of weeks, really. Even well for the Eagles too, uh, and four losses in five games just really kind of set really give, give, giving the opportunity back to the Cowboys to clinch the division. So crazy few weeks. It's it's been a lot of fun to watch, to be honest. Uh, a lot of points uh, that I want to make coming out of this game. Uh, first off. I think we were getting comfortable with the logic of the Cowboys playing at home and on the road, uh, playing on turf versus playing on grass. Uh, And this one just kind of, I think we're comfortable with it in the sense that it makes sense and we can live with it to, to an extent, especially now that the Cowboys should at least have a couple of games in the playoffs, assuming they take care of business next week and in the wild card round and all that. Uh, but this one just kind of threw everything up for a loop because they go from averaging 40 points a game at home to, you know, scoring, what was it, 21 to 20. Is that the right? Do I have 2019. The 2019. Yeah. Um, that outside uh, – and it's not even as good as it looks, and it doesn't even look that good because outside of the 92-yard 92 92 reception to C.D. Lamb, the offense didn't do much. Um, and then now we're worried about the defense where the last two weeks, the defenses have played well, the defense has played well until the final drive. You let Miami run it down your throat. You let Detroit run it down your throat. Uh, even when with Buffalo, you, you understand it just wasn't your night, but these two games you play really well. And then all of a sudden you don't, uh, the Cowboys of course, shouldn't have even been in that position with the controversial call, uh, call you call tripping. First down, they run out the clock. I think McCarthy's, in his mind, his his game management was, we haven't been able to run the ball, which was true. We've kind of been able to pass the ball, and our defense has been playing well. So this is what we're going to try to do. Now, if they would have completed a couple of passes, maybe it turns out different. Maybe you go into it thinking, hey, he's a genius. Uh, but he didn't, and they ended up taking, you know, after that interception, taking like 15 seconds off the clock, something like that. It wasn't much at all. Um, you were on one side of the two-minute warning, and did they even make it to the two-minute warning before they gave the ball back to Detroit? I think they did. Yeah, they, they just got on the they, other side of the two-minute warning. Yeah, they started at 2.05, and they ran the ball and got the two-minute warning, but then they threw the ball three times in a row, Yeah, and they yeah. gave the ball back to Detroit with 141. Okay, so just and they, over and they were seconds. in field goal range that whole time. As soon as they got the interception, and even when they were backed up the fifteen after that bad tripping call, mm-hmm. they're still in field goal range. So even if you run the ball three times and you don't gain any yardage, you only milk clock, and Detroit yeah. burns their two timeouts. You still manage to run the clock down to like thirty seconds on that fourth yeah. down. You call your timeout. And then you go out there and kick. Because in all honesty, I don't understand what they were thinking when they went out there on fourth and six and tried to pull a hard count. Like, what do you get out of that? Even if they get the hard count, it's a five-yard penalty. It's fourth and one. You're not going to yeah. suddenly get a first down out of that. So they went out there and they, like, wasted a timeout for no reason. It was like, in this situation, maybe you go out there and you try the hard count if the clock is running. Yeah. And, and you call your timeout for that fourth down when, you know, you've run the maximum amount of time off. And you leave them 30 seconds. 
but it makes no sense to me to like throw the ball three times, especially when it's the the two minute warning. They they threw the the ball on that first down, first and twenty five, and it. I mean, it's to Lamb, it's completed. Detroit calls a timeout, but the second pass on second down is incomplete. That's a free timeout for Detroit. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah and again, there are many reasons that it should have never come down to this controversial call. But what a lot of people aren't saying is we'll kind of kind of break it down as the ref announced number 70, uh, Dan Skipper, as the eligible receiver. He said it over the PA. Yep. People on TV heard it. Dan Campbell says they didn't hear it. Jared Goff says they didn't hear it. But everybody uh, else. Yeah, I'm I'm willing, yeah, I'm willing to to live with that. Whatever. You yeah. didn't they didn't hear it, whatever. Dan Dan Campbell admitted they were you know, he ran fifty-eight and sixty-eight. Tyler Decker sixty-eight was the one who supposedly reported. Uh and I'm I'm fine with that logic. They run sixty-eight fifty-eight out there hoping that the Cowboys defense sees two players, sixty-eight close to the same number. And then maybe in announcing it with all the loud noise, some people hear 68, some hear 58. I don't know. Uh, and then at the last second, Dan Skipper runs up there just from across the field, full sprint. And then he reports as the eligible, or supposedly, according to the ref, reports as the eligible receiver. And that's who they say it out loud. So with all that, they throw the ball to Tyler Decker, two point conversion, good. If you go and don't throw the penalty flag and throw all that up in the air and just say, no, screw it. They, they scored, whatever. They got the two point conversion. Then it screws over the Cowboys just as much because the Cowboys were told number 70. That's why they didn't, you know, guard number 68. I don't know that it would have been any different. The Cowboys would have probably had somebody on number 68 or watching him, but he was wide open. And you saw the frustration on the defensive side pointing because they were told number 70. It wasn't just like, okay, we're going to screw them over. If they score this two-point conversion, we're going to throw it all up because we need the Cowboys to win or whatever. I'm not saying the NFL doesn't want that, but in the moment, the ref said number 70. The ref screwed up. I agree with that. But yeah. it screwed screwed over both teams, whoever got the call or whoever didn't get the call because the Cowboys didn't even know number 68 was the eligible receiver. All they saw with three players run up to the referee and the ref said number 70 said it twice. Um, it's tough. That's tough. It's, uh, I do want to salute the Lions though. They're, you know, I, I feel like Cowboys fans, I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah. I think we think we're way better than the Lions. I feel like it's way closer than everyone thinks. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're a really good team. They were 11 and four for a reason. Um, and in really reality, good defense like, too, and that's why yeah. I mean they were able to, for the most part, slow down the Cowboys' offense at home. Yeah, really good defense, and like you know, looking at the stats in reality, I mean they they had more yards, they had more time of possession, they you know they rushed for more yards, they passed more yards per like per completion. Um, you know, it was one could say that the Cowboys squeaked by and you know stole one in a sense because yeah, they absolutely the Cowboys have. The Cowboys have never been good in those, like those guarding those two minute drills. They've never been good at them. And Mike Mike McCarthy's has been questioned for his time management since his time with the Cowboys. So it's, you know, it's I just I do want to you know just salute the Lions for that and for you know winning their division. They came out of nowhere, even though they finished the year, year last year pretty strong. But uh, just going 
on the Cowboys, it's just a lot of things they have to tweak, you know, especially like rushing the ball. We have to find our running game. Where did it go? You know, Tony Pollard has been, I mean, he's not even, I want to say like half of himself from last year, but it's just like, yeah. I don't know what happened. They just don't really Yeah, it's so that. quiet. Yes, it's very quiet, you know, um, just finding him. But, you know, CD and Dak, they look like the best wide receiver quarterback combo in the league, at least right now, you know, right now. But um, they just got a lot of, you know, they just have to tweak a few things, especially going into the last uh, week of the, of the season. Um, they have to close it out. You know, this is it's a big game. Um, it usually always comes down to the Eagles and the and the Washington. Like the last game of the year, trying to win a division. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, and uh, the point you made on Tony Pollard, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, unless you just break down film, it's hard to tell. Is it the offensive line? Is it Tony Pollard? But he seems uh, just not be able to run the ball one way or the other. Uh, mm -hmm. What was that, Saturday night? And, again, that makes sense of why Mike McCarthy handled things the way he did. But – and hindsight's twenty twenty, where we're looking at, hey, you threw two incompletions. That again, that one that he threw, you know, down the field to Cooks. Jerry Jones even said in his interview that, hey, that play is a high percentage success succession play. And if he would have made the catch, we'd have all been like, oh my gosh, what a ballsy move, and, you know. Um, and he was just thinking, hey, we can't run the ball. But as fans, I guess again, after the fact, we're all thinking, yeah, you, Tony Pollard probably wouldn't have gotten a first down. But you run the ball, run down the clock what you can, make him use your timeouts, and we're fine with that logic. But at the same point, let's say they do that, they kick their field goal, and Detroit goes down, scores a touchdown, they get a legit two-point conversion uh, out of it, and they lose, things might have been different uh, for sure. But again, you know, we're just criticizing what happened and – Right. Really going into that game, you say you beat the Lions by a one. I think we all take it. Uh, and, and I totally agree. I think they squeaked by with one. Um, they were able Absolutely. to hopefully take from this that, hey, we're, we sucked in this yeah. game. Yeah. We beat yeah. a quality opponent, and we sucked. We Luckily, it didn't cost us anything. At the time, we were looking for, as I said last week's show, momentum going into the playoffs because really before philadelphia lost to arizona we were thinking we're the fifth seed this doesn't do much for us except extend a winning streak helps our confidence um and luckily you're playing in washington next week on the road so you can kind of get something rolling on the road uh whereas okay they won if they would have lost i don't know we would have cared near as much but now that philadelphia lost if we would have lost this game, if the Cowboys would have lost this game, we would have, we'd be, you know, calling for Mike McCarthy's head. Where <laughs> you could have won this game, you played like crap and only lost by, you would have only lost by a point, I guess. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of TikTokers, I, I've seen, I guess that's what they called TikTokers, people on TikTok. I've, I've seen memes like where uh, they're, pulling out the drama of all this and, and saying the NFL has a chance to change the outcome of a game for the first time ever. Like, I, I don't know the rules like they could even go in there and change it, but the NFL has come out and said uh, they've punished the referee crew, but they didn't sit, I mean, it was for the whole game, like the tripping penalty that kind of almost cost the Cowboys the game. 
And mm. again, I alluded to if they would have let that play stand, it would have been just as big of a controversy because the Cowboys would have said, hey, number 70 reported. Uh, yeah. So they're not going to change anything. Uh, it all comes down. And you mentioned, Chris, like how great the Cowboys, the uh, Lions are being the fans and everything. Dan Campbell and Jared Goff have been upset and distraught as anybody should be in that situation uh, of what happened. But I think they've been pretty classy because they understand even Dan yeah. Campbell said it. I, I was trying to, to um, confuse the defense, even though the refs are going to tell them, Hey, number 70 or number six, they're going to tell them who reports, but I put enough confusion out there. It ended up confusing the refs and screwing up the whole thing. Um, there, there's no way to make that right in the moment to say, okay, it's good, because then you screw the Cowboys over. Maybe, I don't even know if this could have been a thing where in the rule book, in the moment, if they realize, hey, we called the wrong number out, I think they figured that out later, that the ref screwed it up, that you could replay the down. I don't know uh, in the moment what the rules say in that, but for sure you're not going to give the two-point conversion because the Cowboys didn't even guard him because he wasn't an eligible receiver. According right. to the refs, what well, doesn't matter who reported or not. Um, uh, but I, I don't blame Dan Campbell for trying to do that. I think that's something that, uh, let's, I don't yeah. know if it would have worked in the sense that we'd have been like, Hey, that's a, that's a good, that's a brilliant play. You're trying to bend the rules without cheating. And it just kind of backfired to an extent. And then really <laughs> Dan Campbell has taken slack for this. After that, after the uh, Micah Parsons jumps offside, after all of that, I think you just kick the field goal and take it to overtime. That's what he could have done. After yeah. It's not like they <laughs> oh, yeah. change the call. They say, oh, no, penalty, and then the game's over. They had an opportunity to kick the field goal two different times uh, yeah. and take it to overtime. Yeah, he's that type of coach, though. He's He takes chances. He goes for it on fourth down uh, almost more than anybody. Hey, yeah, and he mentioned it. No matter what, before that drive, we were going to go for two if we scored that touchdown. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not so sure the Lions don't win if they go to overtime because you look at the momentum where the Cowboys exactly. couldn't even get a first down. Yeah. <clears throat> no, and in all, in the all Lions honesty, just drove down the field. Yeah, in all honesty, I I think as much as the, the officiating crew kind of messed up the whole and you know eligible receiver and whatever um i i personally think that was the best play call you know what i mean yeah. I, I i think they were trying to do too much i think they were trying to be too cute and trying to like confuse the dallas defense and i genuinely think if they would have just gone out there and run the play without running three guys up to the referees to try and confuse the defense i think that play would have worked you know, like they, yeah. they would, they probably would have scored on that two point conversion. And, and I totally agree too. you know, replaying it twice and deciding to go for it both times as well, instead of kicking the PAT is also a, a really ballsy call. Like it's one thing yeah. to go for it on the first try and then, you know, you fail or whatever, and then you just kick the PAT or whatever, really ballsy to go for it all three times. And that, that sec, the, the play that they didn't complete, it was a great play. Jared Goff yeah. just put enough on it. He was wide open. So he was, was wide open. He yeah. should have caught it. It hit him in the hands. I mean, it was a little yeah. low, but he should have caught that. It was, yeah, that was, it was, it was tough. So, I mean, you know, you have two good play calls and they both don't go your way. You know, if you lose the way, you know, if you lose that way, that's just the way it is, you know, but you know, you got to go in, especially with the Cowboys being undefeated at home. 
Um, you know, it's the Dallas Cowboys, you're the Detroit Lions. You know, you, you haven't been in this position in God knows how long. Um, you know, it's one of your best seasons going, you know, in, in history, really. So, um, and he's just that type of coach. I, you know, I love those type of coaches where you, you – I love the aggression. Handle your players. Yeah, players just, yeah give, give your players a chance to go out there and win the game. Um, and he did that. You know, Jared Goff on the on the last play just didn't get enough on it. You know, got a little pressure, but um, it's, it's what it is. This is a learning experience for him. They're already in the playoffs. Um, you know, so it's just uh, it's one of those things that, that happens. The refs kind of, di- you know, dictate the game from time to time. It's just it's what it is. You know? For sure. Good for the Cowboys, bad for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and real quick, we'll go over the, this next part before we jump to college football. This game almost shouldn't have mattered. Like, if everything right. goes the way it's supposed to go, we, we, we're we probably talking, hey, that's a weird thing, but it doesn't affect much. But right. now, because the Eagles lose to the Cardinals, the Cowboys, if they would have lost this game we talked about, would have been terrible. But if the Lions would have won this game, they'd be yep. in the second seed right now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Eagles-Cardinals, I, I was kind of checking in on uh, um, on my scoring app and saw 21-7. I'm like, okay, it's it's not happening. Um, and then all of a sudden I look down, it's 21-21, so I thought I have to watch this. And the the booze, booze that were coming down from Philadelphia fans, every Ruthless. single play call, um, <laughs> it was ridiculous. They, they want to fire their head coach after two successful seasons. He sent him to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, Peterson felt the same way. He had, I think, three winning seasons and a Super Bowl win. Super First Bowl losing man. season, he's out of there. Um, that's a brutal place to have to coach. Um, but the dysfunction, yeah. as, as you mentioned, Dan, uh, lost four out of the last five. I, I don't even know that I'd be surprised if they lost to the Giants at this point. I mean, they barely beat them. I mean, I say barely. They beat them by eight, uh, 33-25. Yeah, I think the Giants came back a little bit. Yeah, but that's not the blowout I would have expected to see the Eagles put down on the Giants this year, you know? Like, the Giants have just been so unoffensive all season that, you know, for them to put up 25 against the Eagles, I feel like is a lot. And uh, I'd just written this down, but the Eagles over this last uh, five-week, period where they're one and four 31st in points per game 29th in yards per game so their defense has been like non-existent for like the last five weeks and you get to this late in the season and everything and like this is where like teams are like really tested it's it's one thing to be great for like the first eight games of the season it's another thing to be great for the last eight games of the season and in this particular situation you know it's like as well as the eagles were playing that first half of the season this just not does not look like the same Eagles team we were watching in September. They're just they're struggling so much to stop people. It doesn't feel like their offense is playing at the level that it was playing a couple months ago either. And I mean, it's just honestly, it's just kicked the door open for the Cowboys to clinch the division. I think when we were talking about this, uh, you know, four weeks ago before the Eagles played the Seahawks and lost to them, I think we were all like looking at the Eagles schedule, like these should be four games that they should absolutely go and win, especially when two of them are against the giants and, you know, one's against the Cardinals. I don't think any of us were expecting them to go, you know, four and one or one and four over the last five weeks, 
yeah. especially to close out the season. It was like, man, this is going to be real tough for the Cowboys to like win out. And then yeah. maybe we get lucky and the Eagles lose one of these four. Now they've lost two. And I mean, yeah, it is you, just all for the Cowboys right if now. If you told me going into that, these final five games where the Cowboys play Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, that if the Cowboys go two and two in that four game stretch, I don't know that we, they, we probably expecting that one way or the other. Yeah, um, not how some of these games has, games have ended. But if you told me they go two and two and they're still in the driver's seat to win the division going into Washington, I'd I'd be surprised because because we all thought you have to win out and hope the Eagle you know uh, hope the Eagles help you out. So the Eagles have definitely helped you out, and you haven't even had to be uh, at your best um, next week for sure. I mean, the Cowboys. I mean, really, it's between the two and the five seed. I think. I guess if the Lions win, Cowboys lose, and Eagles lose, Cowboys could be the three seed. I'm not sure, but um, next well, I week, know Cowboys clinch the division with a win at Commanders or an Eagles, Eagles loss. loss. Yeah. So if the Eagles lose, they're they're at least the they're definitely it shouldn't the division. happen. But no, it, I mean, it shouldn't. But uh, but if the Lions win, I guess because they have the same record right now, the Lions would jump the Cowboys. So you would it, even with well they have the same record now they're both 11 11 Uh, so if the cowboys lost and the eagles lost cowboys still get the division and so i guess the cowboys would be the three seed so they could be the two three or five seed but we'll uh definitely be back next week talking you know recapping the washington game and really i think we can go once we have the final playoff bracket we can uh i want them to avoid San Fran at all costs. I just I think at this point knowing matchup. what we know going into all you have to do is go beat Washington mm-hmm. that you're going to have the first two games at home assuming you win the first wild card game. Mm-hmm. Um I think at this point it's a disaster if you don't make it to the NFC Championship game. I mean yeah. you're talking about being beating you're probably playing the Packers, the yeah. Vikings, maybe the Seahawks. Yeah. And then after that the Lions Eagles, maybe I. I yeah. guess it depends. They reseed it, so it depends. It would have yeah. to be a road team to win for the Eagles to play Dallas or what. I'm not sure, but two teams you've already beaten at home, or yeah. again Vikings, Rams, Packers, so, yeah. you know whatever combination. So they'll um, play the seven seed first, and then they'll play the the winner of the three six seed. So yeah, I I mean it could be. Packers, Vikings, Rams, Seahawks, in whatever order, in either the second or the third seed. If you lose and the Eagles win, I mean, you're playing Tampa or New Orleans. Maybe Atlanta has a chance to win that division, too. I'm not sure. Just, yeah, I I mean, I can't remember as a, like, conscious adult. I was was alive when they won the Super Bowl, but I've never personally, like – This is – the. this is the most yeah. wide open path they've had yeah, to the exactly, NFC yeah. championship game. Yeah. Yes. If you can just beat Washington and guarantee them play the first to two get weeks. to the chair, like to the Super Bowl, like have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. That's like, you know, like, I mean, we've seen, I've, I've only seen the Rangers win. I've saw the Rangers win. I've seen the Mavs win, uh, the stars, you know, like, but um, as far as like the Cowboys, this is, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but this is their best shot to get to the Super Bowl, especially with the Eagles dropping the ball the way they have and just everything kind of lining up. Just, you know, just win next week. Um, It's, 
I mean, it, but it is a divisional game. I'm trying to like stay like trying to stay home. Realistic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. I'm not expecting him to go and blow him out. 40 to 10 or anything it's again it's on the road and their offense has struggled their defense has struggled in certain situations but just obviously win but put together something where hey we can play on the road uh it's got to be you know i talked about last week most of it's got to be mental i don't they don't even know a reason why they're not winning on the road uh or playing on the road as well as they're playing at home which is most teams but it's like night and day different that just just put it in your head like if you lose to washington that'll just exacerbate the problem it will definitely make it mental then because you and there's something to play for um they play at the same time as the eagles and giants so there's no chance i mean it's you win you win the division you lose you more than likely lose the division unless it's a close game you see the eagles get blown out uh but you're you know you win you guarantee yourself the, the number two seed as well which in the long run will help you because if you're the three seed, then you could go to San Francisco in the second round. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Three. No, you just don't want that. No, that'd be the four seed. Never mind. You won't go to San Francisco. If you get the three, two or three seed, you won't have to see San Fran until until the uh, conference championship, but still you don't, if you're, if you're the three seed, you could, if the Lions win, I said, well, assuming the Lions are the two seed, you would go to Detroit in the second round. The only way to guarantee yourself home the first two rounds would be to just to beat win. Washington. Just beat Washington. Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia could still lose and the Lions could still lose, but just go take care of business. Get yourself on a on a roll where you, where you feel confident going into the playoffs. And, and we'll yeah, see. definitely. Um, before we leave, let's talk about college football uh and the college football playoff which we had two pretty good games um especially you know obviously bama georgia was good texas wasn't that close until the near end but it was still pretty exciting yeah Um, bama georgia i have to admit michigan or i mean excuse me bama michigan i (laughs) typed in georgia i don't know why i did michigan i caught i was copy and pasting my notes um Bama, De- it was definitely Michigan. It was definitely Michigan. I don't know. Georgia might uh, might be able to make a run in the playoff if they were in it. Alabama, Michigan. About that. Overtime. Um, I was wrong. I was thinking Bama was going to win this by 10 points at least. I didn't think Michigan was real. I thought Bama was on a roll. Uh, I was not expecting this to happen. Yeah, me too. Um, I well, First, the committee got it right. Because yeah, I mean, it two was, great games. Both two great games. Uh, Florida State losing by sixty points. You know, I you know I, I I understand that a lot of people opted out, but that's not sixty point. Like that's you know, Ball State lost by forty. So like to Georgia. Yeah. So I like it's. But besides that, two great games. Um, like you, Ashton. I also had Bama winning. I thought it was going to be a, a ten. 10 plus game, two touchdown game, but you know, Michigan, they, you know, they proved otherwise. Um, they came out, they fought hard, you know, they, Bama uh, jumped out early, got to a, you know, a early lead. I thought they threw a pick on the first play, but um, that was just a great game. And then the Washington, Texas game, uh, obviously I was going for Texas, but um, Michael Penix looked like wow. the high- he was unbelievable. He couldn't do any wrong. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's tough because I, you know, obviously I was rooting for Texas and they, they made the comeback. They got all the way down to the 12 or 13 yard line and uh, just a better ball from Quinn. I think that's a, a easy back shoulder touchdown, but, um, you know, salute to the committee for, you know, picking the four best teams. Yeah. And a thought on, on Florida state, because they're trying to defend themselves, you know, uh, Georgia was in a similar situation. They opted out 27 people. Yeah. The Georgia yeah. was in a similar situation where they thought maybe that they should have been in because mm-hmm. they lost, uh, in overtime one, one loss, uh, to a really good Bama team mm-hmm. where they could have done the same thing, but they didn't have that many people opted they out. They, they came in and they played and, you know, just beat the snot out of Florida State. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, they won by 20. They, they, that's, that's what, you know, South Alabama, that's what happens to South Alabama when they play Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't know if, if Georgia or Michigan or whoever, if they sit that many players, if they lose by 60 points. That was no. that was just ridiculous and uh, embarrassing, and you know maybe you could have you know thrown Georgia in there, and it would, but I think for sure that the the committee got it right. Had two great games as a Texas fan. Um, disappointing the Washington game. Uh, Washington definitely outplayed them. It looked a lot closer uh, in the end. Ewers had pretty decent stat line at the end. Threw for over three hundred yards, but he started off really slow. That third quarter was terrible for Texas. But Penix Jr., 430 yards passing. Xavier Worthy had two catches for 45 yards. Um, yeah. They just ate him alive on the defense. And, of course, yeah. you had C.J. Baxter and Jordan uh, Jaden Blue both fumbled. Both fumbled twice, uh, yeah. You take one of those fumbles away, maybe it's a different game. But, I mean, what are you going to do? And then the, the Washington, to their credit, figured out if we just kick it short on the kickoff, they're going to – they're going to fumble the, the return every single time. Uh, they kept the ball every single time, but it was like they fumbled it. They get it at the two-yard line. They fumbled it, kind of recovered, got it at the 15-yard line. They said, we're going to stop kicking it to them. They're just going to fair catch it. We just squid kick squid it to them. Kick. They're going to get it the, inside the 20, um, mm-hmm. and they just weren't able to, to take care of it. So we have, uh, obviously, a great Alabama-Michigan overtime game, but now we have uh, Michigan-Washington – Monday night for the uh, national championship. Yeah, man i I thought I thought Michigan beat Alabama like B Rabbit beat Papa Doc at the end of Eight Mile. Man. He, it was, it was oh, yeah. like Michigan showed up and like just knew what Alabama wanted to do and just took it to them. I appreciated the aggressiveness. They were messing up Alabama's backfield the whole time. Honestly, when they got to that overtime and everything, that really the crazy part was um, I thought Michigan was going to manage to win this thing in regulation, and then they muffed that punt yeah, and managed to recover yeah. it, got it on the one, so they just take it to overtime, got a little lucky there. But once they got into overtime, man, it felt like Bama's play calling just went out the window. I don't know what they were thinking or what they were doing, but what they did like two or three draw plays – yeah, and, and it wasn't working, and then it was like that final play, that fourth down, and it was like getting the end zone, and then they were like, just draw it again. And I was like, that was a terrible decision. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I I don't necessarily know what happened there. It kind of felt like Harbaugh outcoached Saban, which is a crazy statement to make. I mean, Saban's considered probably the greatest college coach in football right now. Um, 
I don't, I don't think anybody would have thought Harbaugh was going to out coach him in this game, mm-hmm. but I mean, Michigan, Michigan played a really great game, especially like just constantly fighting their way back, keeping it close the whole, the whole time. And then, you know, just keeping their composure all the way through that fourth quarter, send it to overtime. Great. I mean, it was a great game though. I mean, I was, I was pulling for Michigan. I got a buddy who went to Bama. So naturally I like to, you know, give him a hard time about it and everything. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot more fun to watch uh, Michigan win that one. And yeah. then, honestly, I feel like I was the same way I was with you, Chris. I wanted Texas to win this game against Washington. I really thought they were going to, I was expecting to see a one-sided game and it turned out to be one-sided. It just was not for the Longhorns. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, man, Penix could not do wrong. He was dropping dimes over guys' shoulders perfectly, just right into their basket. Yeah. Like defenders couldn't reach it. I mean, that corner didn't see half those passes coming. By the time he looked back, the ball was already in his hands. Yeah, a couple of those he was like defending, and like the ball was already here. And, and like, yeah, he as was, soon as he, he turned around, his head. the guy was already celebrating. But like, he, he didn't even know the ball was there. That's, yeah, it was, yeah, and it was, it was a claim. They were some of the sweetest passes I've seen. Man, they, they were, they were just, they were perfect. They were just boom, right, right where they needed to be. And every time he did it, I was like, Texas is going to lose this game. This, this kid is no joke. It was honestly, it was almost like watching uh, Vince Young after he got snubbed from the Heisman and he showed up and was like, watch me, you know, like should have won the Heisman. And man, I I can't help but feel like even the committee has got to be wondering, like, did, did we pick the right guy for the Heisman? This kid's playing some incredible ball right now. I feel like they did. It was just. I mean, uh, I think they did too. But man, yeah. like, what a performance to go out there and, and put yeah. up. Yeah. So, uh, but I, yeah. I personally thought. Uh, I think we're, I think Washington's gonna win on Monday. Uh, I I was watching the Michigan Bama game and I was like, they're not. I don't think any of these two teams are better than Washington or Texas. I thought it was just you know they were they were just doing like things that they weren't like. I mean, they were both physical. It was a great game. Um, they were just doing everything that Texas does well. Texas stops the run well. You know, Blake Corm is a great running back, but um, you know, I feel like they could have neutralized that, and they already beat yeah. them. So um, I was thinking of it from a Texas fan per- perspective, and also not knowing how good Washington was. Um, you know, the Pac-12 is a is a down conference. It's not really the best conference. So, uh, you know, to see them do that and, you know, they, they beat Texas last year as well. So I should have I should have had more of a, a, a humble outlook on the game. But um, I, I have Washington winning on Monday. Yeah, I think- I, I'll uh, I'll take Michigan because I think they got over the hump because we've seen them in the playoff before and they really haven't done anything. That's why I picked Alabama because Alabama had been there before um, yeah, tough- almost every single year. Uh, and until I saw Michigan, you know, make that leap and be able to make it, I think this is their fourth time in, um, and they haven't been able to make it to the championship. So I think Michigan got over that hump. I think it's going to be a great game, uh, but yes. I'll pick Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I really want to pick Michigan, but, and I mean, I think Michigan's got that chip on their shoulder. Like you were just saying, like but they want it real bad. Just... Getting getting beat by TCU last year, I think, really yeah. put a bad taste in their mouth. You know, Michigan really, really wants it. But, yeah, man, watching Penix play in that game against Texas was – I I would feel foolish betting against them. So, as much as I want to pick Michigan, I think it's Washington's game 
Yeah. I think it's theirs. It's definitely going to be hard. But, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode of the Sports Page. We'll be back next week uh, going over Cowboys playoffs and what, what path they are going to have to take to get to the Super Bowl, hopefully with the two seed. But we'll have it here broken down for you all next week. Uh, until next time, I'm Ashton with Chris and Dan. See you guys later. Thanks, guys. Thank you.